Welcome to the How Humans Work podcast. I am your host, Jeff Z, Jeffrey Salaji. Grateful to have you back with the show today. My guest is Tobin Mayo, musician and longtime friend. Tobin, it was amazing to have you on the show. Thank you for this honest and important conversation around death and dying and sharing the stories of your parents. And listeners, I really appreciate having you on board. There will be some information at the end of the show about how you can support this podcast. For now, we'll dive into the conversation with Tobin and his late mother, Christine Waddell. Please do enjoy everything under the sun and moon with the thoughtful Tobin Mayo. I'm thinking about your mom now and that she was at your dad's uh, tribute musical memorial and I wasn't there because I was swimming with whales in French Polynesia. You had a good excuse. I had an amazing excuse. I had an amazing excuse. (laughs) And I remember, I remember, you know, just to get a little astrological here, because I think that's a good transition from music to astrology from, Mm. you know, Norman to Christine is... Mm -hmm. That that week was a, a super full moon in Scorpio. No, it was a, it was Scorpio. So it was the opposite of Scorpio. So it was a super full moon. It must Taurus. have been in Taurus that week. Uh, yeah, we were we were on the lagoons of um, of Morea, paddleboarding under the full moon. It was freaking amazing. And I got out I got out in the water with the uh, the mama and the baby humpback whales just at the end of the season and. And got to witness those lives, those planetary lives, those those amazing relatives, just incredible. Can't wait to do it again. So, but your mom was there, and 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 yet, um, and she's passed too now. Uh, so let's talk about Christine Waddell and uh, and that particular journey um, for you and her journey in your life, your mom, and. Mm-hmm. It's so interesting because I know your story so well that to talk about the the deep differences you had with your, each of your parents in terms of their strategy, their, your relationship with them, your needs around them, and and the way they mm-hmm. each influenced you. Yeah. Does that work? Is that a starting point? Yeah, it's a, a yeah profoundly different experience. My mother was a seeker of systems of knowledge. She was uh, looking for nothing less than uh, enlightenment in this life and also seeking uh, a romantic love uh, that may have, I, I, I think maybe even like looking for perfection in, in these realms, maybe because she hoped that, uh, God, it's hard to say, but I think maybe she didn't want to keep coming back anymore. You know, the idea of like, uh, reincarnated again, <laughs> to keep doing the work. I think she wanted to figure out how to do it. So it was done. 
talk about a difference, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Steady in another way, but but uh, pointed toward going all the way to the end and then like completing the journey. Incredible to witness somebody try to do that and then oftentimes oh the grief in 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 it appearing not to work uh the relationships that didn't work the enlightenment that didn't come to pass after uh, you know nearly six months in india uh, following a guru and and really hoping to to discover uh incredible uh grace and uh beauty with the divine um and, and a whole lot of other uh, journeys to to try after that didn't go as far as she had hoped. And that was back in the 70s. So I I witnessed my my mother's reach for uh, extremes, hoping for really amazing, amazing things to happen. And um, and then there was a lot of a lot of uh, pain in not being able to attain certain things this time around. For me, emotionally, speaking of differences, is that you know my mom were my mom and I were so uh, um, enmeshed emotionally, at least in the beginning. Um, it, it probably even inspired. Uh, some of my desires for my father and I to be closer because what I knew from being with my mom was that it was okay to talk about everything. And it was okay to um, d- dive deep into the processes and the, uh, and the pains and the truths about, about ourselves and as we were learning about ourselves. So profoundly different people and my mom's, uh, gift to me is is that i feel like it's really okay to be the man that i am uh the emotional man that i am and i'm learning more and more that being emotive doesn't equate to being emotionally intelligent or emotionally articulate and so now that i'm 52 it's been um, a few years now of really looking at those two, those two things is different. A motive is fine, but what I really want to do is be more transparent and, and learn to, you know, have the integrity, uh, and the accountability mm-hmm. around my feelings and mm-hmm. what I want from people. Where does your mom fit into these teachings? I get the kind of open door or the open communication channel and acceptance of self and discovery. I'm really getting some of the, um, I, I think you use the word extremes of her intensity of seeking with the uh, disappointment, mm-hmm. uh, the, the strong longing. Mm-hmm. And now you're starting to shift into this conversation around lessons of like your own development. And I'm curious, are these recent lessons as part of her passing? Are these lessons that have always been there in relationship to Christine? Like, how do you yeah, help me, help me locate the, the transmission, her transmissions before and after her passing. The level of acceptance that she was able to uh, pass on to me definitely goes back a long way. She was very good at 
letting me and my sister and her clients and friends know that, you know, the ideal is to welcome all of ourselves. All emotions should be uh, valuable. There aren't any that we should be trying to mask or um, uh, afraid to give voice to. And certainly some things can be uh, hard for other people, anger and other things that we, that we express. But she was really good at naming how one would let those um, less desirable emotions out. And she would say things like, you've got to get that stuff out. The trick is to not send it at anybody. It's out, not at. Oh, that's good. So that sense of accountability, these things should be free to move out of you, but you've got to be careful how you do it. So those ideas are, it's a, it's a good example of uh, the way that she both sh was showing people how she was learning, what she was learning, and um, what I could do with it. I mean, I think it may be helpful here. You got something coming? No, because I'm, I'm oftentimes thinking about your question and how to relate it both to like, because it, it's a great question, distinguishment of what kind of things was, uh, what were my experiences as a kid with her and then after she passed, yeah. thinking a little bit about that. But it's nice to have you guided a little bit because it's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. It's very hard for me to tell it as a good, concise story. One thing that might help the listener, the viewer, is a sense that your mom of her life a little bit more um, in the sense that <clears throat> she was a pretty remarkable pioneer um, in terms of going through the 60s and opening the doorway to spirituality and continually finding the next iteration, the next teaching, the next teacher, the next uh, wisdom to enter into the world. And I think a Robert Bly is actually someone who's in that zone too, who is calling towards a alternative view of culture an alternative view of, of possibility. So, um, and you were, you know, under her guidance, under her watch primarily as she's, you know, going through these different iterations of teachers, of gurus, of, of practices, of knowledges, of intelligences, of, of, of healers. Mm -hmm. And, and then, you know, at her memorial, it's like all these people show up and are like, your mom was amazing for me. Your mom, you know, guided me, your mom welcomed things in me. I didn't know that needed to be welcome. So I think there's a kind of magnificence mm. in that. You know, in even if there's pain and suffering that we all have, I know I have it, that your mom had, I just want to appreciate for a minute that facet of her singularity. It's really nice to hear it from you. Yeah, I think that um, my mom was uh, maybe, what's the word, uh, the epitome of the archetype of the wounded healer. Um, and so I've spent some time talking about my relationship to my mom's wounds because I'm her son and I know her so well in an intimate way that folks that she's helped haven't seen. So it's really nice to have you sh make me remember the other side because 
after she passed and leading all the way up to the memorial and then exploding after the memorial was this sense that my mom's life arc was one of, I said seeking, but you're right. It's so much more than that. It was the discovery and then the utilization of the discovery of many systems of of knowledge, but also like integrations of different systems of knowledge that certainly helped her, but maybe in this discussion, more importantly, touched the lives of so many other people. And my awareness of that was expanded tenfold when I started to reach out and make connections to folks that I either hadn't talked in a long time or uh, really amazingly, the clients that she had these really profound relationships with, folks who I had never met, obviously, but wanted to be a part of her memorial. So her memorial was composed of friends, family, and her clients. It was an amazing uh, synergy, an amazing mixture. And for me, it's become a community uh, of people that are carrying my, my mother's story with them. Yeah, I don't know what more to say about it, but you can maybe help me out, <laughs> guide me back on. One of the things to say here is, you know, the encounter with the, the healer part of your mom through her clients. What did that do for you? Kind of acknowledging that some level your closeness was super powerful and influential, slightly enmeshed, maybe seriously enmeshed. I don't know. You can talk about that dynamic if you want, but that when you saw the healer side of her as exhibited through the people's lives, she's touched what that did for you in relationship with how you knew your mother as a, as, as your mother, as a a person, as a healer. Mm -hmm. I, I always knew that my mom was good at her work. I knew that she really looked at it as something again, that she could hone and, and like nearly perfect if she just kept at it and kept learning. Um, I think the, toward the end of her life, it was nice to have conversations with her where she was able to express to me that she was realizing that there had been a lot of time in her life that she had hoped to be acknowledged for this trailblazing path because it, you know, it wasn't going to be seen through a, uh, the lens of like what schools she went to or what awards she won. It was going to be through the, the, the small singular acknowledgements from one person or the other. And she had reached a point where she was realizing that she could help people of all walks of life. She was getting in touch with much younger clients And she was finding people who would say, you know, you've helped me so much. I now have this like entire group of people that are all willing to work with you just based on my recommendation. And so like, here is a whole new set of people all wanting to meet you. So she was having this very profound acknowledgement go on that she had arrived 
in her practice. Mm-hmm. I'm really glad that she had that experience. Um, and it's worth also saying that her closest friend knew that she was having the sense that she was maybe closer to the, the divine and what she had been looking for than ever before in her, uh, in her seventies. That's amazing. And yeah. And good for me to know, because that wasn't something we were talking too much right. about. She was able to talk to her friend about what was happening for her around Ama, especially, but it was all, you know, it was all connected. The thread went back to many people before Ama. It was, I think she felt like she was really landing her connection and more and more ready to leave because of that. Yeah. And let's talk about that leaving process a little bit, because I think it's poignant and I think it's moving. And as I understand it, your mom had a, a deep uh, reading with uh, Liu Ming. Mm, and right. yeah. And talk about that and the difference in her choice, her process, how you came to understand her passage in a different way than your, your father's. If that's okay. Yeah. I've, I've often thought about, uh, uh, one of the many graces was the, was how it came to be. I have a lot of gratitude. I don't know that this process would have been so full of creativity and beauty, uh, inside the loss. If my father, if, if my mother had gone first, um, the way that she did, um, there was something about having the time and the space to get in touch with my own process around death, my own relationship with that whole year of, of my father's passing seven and a half months later, my mom needed to go to the hospital because of chest pain. And at this point she was in Colorado, uh, having been there just under a year and, she died in the morning, not making it through surgery. So it was really sudden. I wasn't able to be with her. And I oftentimes think about the great irony of that. Like my father and I did, we had a lot of time together and not a deep need to talk. And if my mom and I had even had like, if some archangel had come down and said, you guys got two hours left, that's it. What are you going to do with it? We'd have talked about everything under the sun and moon. We didn't get to say goodbye and I didn't get to see her body. I was okay because of my dad. That's the irony. Some part of me just accepted when I flew in to Colorado, hoping to see her thinking she was going to recover the surgery and finding out from my sister in the airport that she didn't make it. Something just occurred in that moment. I'm not here to see my mom. I'm here for my sister and I'm here to, to like do what I have to do to make everything right. Because my, lo- my mom left the physical world just as it was. No preparation. I'll be leaving soon. Just there's the apartment, a day in the life. It's all happening. And then 
Oof. The only thing missing is her. To me, there's something quite spiritually perfect about it. It's like she vanished and she died facing the heavens with her heart literally open to the world. For better, for worse, partly the way she lived her life. Where were we? <laughs> I think we're just thinking about Christine. You know, the different views you've had on her. And your different levels of understanding who, who, who she was. The story of her life. The ending of her life. Uh, the symmetry in that from your point of view, maybe some kind of strange beauty mm -hmm. that, that that's part of that. Yeah. I mean, the thing that is there for me and maybe I'm not hearing it right or, or but I'm also curious about you know, you def redefining your relationship with her um, from and finding your individuation from her, you know, having somebody be so positive, involved, uh, 100% behind you, freaking open minded, the mom that probably everybody talks to the mom that everybody can, can really be themselves with and and yet your path in relationship to having a mom who was that mom you know, who was the one who took mm -hmm. you to India, you know, and shared her path with you in a really honest and deep way, even when you were young. Mm -hmm. And, and it's almost like the reverse process of, um, <laughs> your dad in a way, you know, it's like it, it moving towards him or, and, and then finding a way to move, into yourself. And I don't know how you would describe it, but I'm just thinking about that contrast of that relationship and the legacy of what the gift, the kind of the mixed gift, the burden of knowing your mom's wound so truly and real and being exposed to that and what mm -hmm. kind of honesty that's like, and then what the challenges with that and, and the transformation. Okay. Now that she's gone, that relationship is going to change too. I'm going to see and I'm going to feel that a different way than I did when she was alive, because that seems to be the process of dying. Things change psychically for the people mm -hmm. who survive. Yeah. Well said. And that's why we're doing this. That's, right? yeah. We're talking about the wisdom, the wisdom and the gifts that can come from death and the experience of, of death and, and what it's like to lose somebody so important to you. Yeah, something that you said really, uh, it's really got me thinking um, how to articulate it all. She was so supportive and so um, accepting. She was, yeah, she was all the friends of my sister and, uh, and mine. Like that was the mom. Everybody wanted to go be there because uh, all was going to be okay. There was a like real sense that... Um, they could hang out with a, a, a mother figure, an adult, where they felt cool. And they were like, wow, she's really cool. And she has so much insight. And, um, and we feel so seen. That was the thing. She could really, really give the gift of uh, seeing somebody. 
But like you said, for me, as the first and only son, sometimes I felt overpolished. And uh, not so ironically, probably around the same time that we were talking about um, some major, major transitions for me and my father, probably around 28 also, um, was for me the biggest moves away to individualize from, to start kind of unwrapping things I didn't understand about how connected we were, that I really needed to differentiate is the word. Um, and those, that was hard, um, because that's painful for anybody, uh, any, anyone. <laughs> and we were working that out, I'd say all the way up until just a few years ago. Um, I'd have moments where I went, Oh, I think we just reached another point at which we're both able to acknowledge that this feels better having differentiated. And it opens the possibility in the space between us to actually be a little bit closer before it either didn't feel safe enough or like there wasn't enough room to um, really invite more of each other in. It's like the space was already filled. So one of the most profound things for me was that she asked from me and my sister very different things in life about her death and what came kind of all of a sudden when she passed the recognition that those charges were very unique and very different. And with my sister, it was take care of me when I'm at that point that I need care. And for me, it was carry my story, like take care of, be the bearer or the holder of my story. Both my sister Tay and I, certainly I can say, had some, you know, uh, some awkwardness and some strange feelings about what did that really mean? Um, Taya ended up in Colorado, you know, paving the way for my mom to come there. And sure enough, was ready to do that service, was ready, ready to, to, to care and was already stepping into that role. Um, it wasn't until she passed that I had the realization that her memorial would be her story. And so I had about a week where oh, yeah. the only thing I could do, I mean, I pretty much stopped doing everything else. And with hundreds and hundreds of pictures spread about the entire house, no one could step into certain rooms because I was trying to go through the entire story in photos, which she had amassed a beautiful collection uh, of her life and everybody in it. And then also realized that she was a prolific writer. So I was reading her journals and I was reading uh, all kinds of different things that she had, had compiled over decades. And it was magic. It was like every time I had a question about what was the next thing, I had experiences of opening up a folder and finding the information. Sometimes the first opening, the year, the person, the experience, something like that would be right there. It was like she had left out, you know, the breadcrumbs for me to follow as I walked this path, trying to 
be the messenger of her story. Mm. She was helping me write it. It was like she was on my shoulder. And that led to, you know, a nine page biography of my mom's whole arc, uh, to the best of my ability. And, you know, the friends, family, and clients that came, uh, the wonderful thing was that a lot of people left saying that they got what they needed. Some said it was almost like they'd had their last session with her, which was really important because a lot of people were still really in process and the, having her go suddenly meant that there was a sense that they didn't finish what they had started. So that meant more to me than, you know, I can articulate the idea that people felt like there was a sense of completion in the memorial itself. In that spirit, would it be okay for you to share maybe a few things about the arc of your mom's life and her story that maybe still speak to you, you're chewing on, or um, you just like to honor? Mm. Yeah, sure. The biggest theme was probably belonging. I won't go into a lot of details around like the, the family of origin, but it was rough. And she ultimately didn't know who her real father was and miraculously she did learn somewhere around the age of 32, 33, who that man was. He was already gone. And so 15, 20 years after that, uh, after that knowledge began a very long process of discovery and healing around, um, like a truer identity, uh, based on a person that she couldn't talk to, but she, in so many ways, I think in meditation and in, uh, and in therapy and in literal you know, like geographical journeys to places of origin continued to fill that story out until she, and I know she felt this until she felt like she had made the ties. And in, in some instances meant literally challenging lies and challenging misperceptions in other relationships that she had in order to validate that experience so that she could finally say, I belong here. Love that. That instinctual wisdom is so admirable. Fucking great. It's what she was trying to help so many other people do. <laughs> right. Yeah. Let them know they belong and show them this, the, you know, the, the tools they could use in order to either start that journey or, fill that journey out or hopefully complete that journey. The symmetry uh, of, uh, the symmetry of intelligence taking place in the inner world and the outer world is just like, it's amazing. It, it's always another version and always amazing. Another version of how that conversation is taking place between longing wounds, healing change the world. It's amazing. Mm. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I don't, I don't want to cut it off before it's complete, but that feels like that was one of the pieces that you wanted to 
speak to about your mom's story? I feel like we landed somewhere. It feels really good. Yeah. So what else, what else about your mom's story in addition to her, uh, I want to use the word resuscitation of her sense of belonging in life through courage and, mm -hmm. uh, searching. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I think a little bit about, um, some of the lighter aspects. Um, one of the things I realized gave her the most joy was you know, in the twilight hour of any given day, being out in the garden when the colors are just, you know, popping the, the, the indigos and the reds and the, the oranges and the yellows and purples are just bursting as the, the sun has gone down enough to really let those colors shine. And she'd be out there, uh, incredible green thumb, you know, turning like a rental property into, you know, a magical garden. About six months after she had passed I, with no thought about it, um, I just realized that I was in my yard having deeper, more profound, more, <laughs> uh, I would say just daily experiences of tending my backyard garden, yeah. um, with, with my partner, like something that we started ourselves and it just, all of a sudden I just reflected, I was just like, looking at butterflies and hummingbirds and Mexican sage and uh, and yarrow in a different way. And it's happening in my yard. And I thought, wow, I'm discovering what it is that gave her so much peace despite whatever else was going on. Uh, so I'm feeling connected to her through that activity. Super lovely. Uh, yeah. But then there's something else that I made a, a choice about, Okay. which was, um, my mom, my mom often talked of astrology and showed me books that she had and uh, talked about me sometimes. Again, it's this form of polishing where sometimes it was a little hard to hear um, myself through the lens of astrology coming from my mom. But I have to admit that there was always something about what astrology seemed to offer that was pretty attractive to me, there was something about it. Uh, it's just my mom passing again, like these guards we were talking about before, all of a sudden I realized I can have a relationship with my mother on my own terms. And I don't want to guard against any part of her. I love her and I want her, her I want her wisdom and her energy and her deep sense of, uh, you know, we can discover so much while we're here. I want to live that way. And so one of the things I decided to do was to decide to be a student of astrology. And so I took all the books that she owned, some of which I was familiar with, but many I don't know that I've ever opened, and start to read them and try to understand what it has to offer, but also what she was using them to seek out. Yeah. That's right. Astrology. <laughs> I'm owning it. Yeah, You're yeah, owning right. It. I know. Listen to the last episode, <clears throat> The Wisdom of Astrology, co-host Tobin Mayle. Um, listen, I think a good way to play with this would be to um, talk about how you see your mom through the story of her astrology and, and, and the way you're able to unguarded receive, be in her wisdom, 
fountain of energy that was part of her life story. And now that that's opened and there's no barriers, there's like a, it's like, it's like an intimacy of consent when someone dies is the phrase that's coming up. There's like a, mm. you know, I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna have my, my thing that I have in relationship to you. It's, 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 I'm good. We're good. And mm. so when you look at your mom's chart or you look at the nature of your mom's life and you look at her astrology and you accept this energy, what's new, what's fresh, what, uh, what inspires you, what invigorates you about uh, both your connection with your mom and the, and the knowledge? I think I have to answer the question, but slightly different, but you're, you're still, you're, you're still helping me activate some, some ideas. Um, one of the things I'm learning to do is compare people's charts. Um, that seemed so far outside my abilities not so long ago. And now I'm becoming more interested in not just like, who am I and who is this person, but can astrology talk a little bit about um, how we relate? What are our challenges? How do we meet those challenges? What gifts do we bring in order to make this re relationship work? And I'm, I have to say, being 52 and knowing lots of the people in my life for so long, I like to use the template of my actual experience, 24 years with you. 40 years with my friend, Mike, you know, and my parents all the way back to what seems like the beginning of time <laughs> to look at astrology, not at least for me right now, not as a, a way to predict anything, right. but to uh, almost use my life experience as a model to confirm if astrology has a lot to offer me. And one of the things that's been really profound is that when I did a comparison of uh, my chart with my mother's, how much it, it indicated difficulty mm -hmm. compared to some other folks <laughs> who I don't feel nearly as challenged by and went, wow, that's kind of unexpected. It was unexpected for mm -hmm. me. It's not to say that it didn't also sh show that we could work together well. And that there was, as we talked about before, a lot of sense of like, I see you and I support all that you are. That was in there. But a lot of other places that were um, about challenges, about communication uh, drops, just like no one knows quite, no, no one quite knows what to do now. Um, and anger makes everything feel like it's going to fall apart uh, and we'll have no other way to go until that. Uh, that energy subsides. Um, so one of the most fascinating things to come out of this for me is that uh, my mom had a very particular way of using uh, a house system in astrology. And I have found a house system that I think might work even better. And I have these moments where I wish she was here so I could show it to her mm -hmm. because one of the things that it does is it shifts a couple of things that I have this feeling if she had seen her chart through that lens, she might have felt a little less doomed sometimes. That's, that's, that was a very surprising discovery. Yeah. What would you like to her have known about how you see her, her fate and her chart? I think in its simplicity, just that, um, okay, this is the irony. 
that I might have been able to sh- to provide her with just one other lens that might have brought some levity to her narrative, the narr- her own her own self narrative, that that some of the hardships and some of the challenges were seen through this other lens so important in in the journey toward acceptance and a sense of peace with the divine and a sense of belonging in this dimension i'm not saying she didn't and i'm not saying that i'm I'm certainly not being so egotistical as, as to say that i have a piece of the puzzle that she didn't find it just was very surprising that as soon as i started to take astrology seriously without my mom here I started to see things that she hadn't shown me and that I so much wanted to share with her. Um, I can't be too specific, but it's, um, it's something about uh, maybe releasing the, the weight of fate. Yeah. She saw her fate with a certain heaviness to it that you said, well, there's actually a different take on that here too. Yeah. That's cool. I get that. And the other thing I'm getting from just listening to you talk about your mom and the story of her, both her, her, uh, the beauty of her path and the hardship of her path and the kind of the difficulty of her path. And then the, the peace that sounds like she was able to find is it makes me think about my own suffering and my own hardships and that, you know, the tale's not told finally, <laughs> you know, there's still mm-hmm. that, that mm-hmm. these things that we go through can take several decades, not just five, not three, not even some things are five year journey. Some things are longer, but maybe certain very specific, difficult aspects of being who we are. Um, they take longer to come around. They take longer to find their rightness and our understanding and and relationship with that. And I think I hear that in your mom's story. Mm-hmm. There isn't a simple solution. It's going to, it takes, it takes arriving over and over again. And we've got to, we've got to surround ourselves with the chosen family that is there for us as we continue to show up and arrive again and again. Thinking about something that, um, that my mom wrote, and I'm not quite sure how quickly I could find it, but if there's a moment for me to look for it and read it to you, I think it's really fitting. Yeah, do that. So I thought it might be nice to uh, read something that my mom wrote in a journal. She said, I want to open my arms wide enough to embrace the whole universe, light, lighter still, wanting, needing nothing but to shine, to open my arms so wide, this aching need is unleashed, unfurled, let loose to return to the lonely depths from which it came never to return. I want to be filled, taken care of, loved. So, yeah. Huh? So I, 
I think a lot about the the gifts that really gifts of magic that both my parents have have left for me. And in in this journey, as people should and do, there's been a lot of, you know, I'm sorry. And this must be incredibly rough. And I have to say that I imagined this being incredibly painful to the point of debilitating before it all happened. And the discovery that it's, it can be so profoundly intimate and full of, you know, blossoming discoveries and creativity and community. It was never the pain I thought it would be. Uh, it's not even a pain I want to go away. It's something I'm actually very grateful to walk with and let it continue to uh, change me. It's a thing I wish maybe my dad might have discovered is that the peeling away of the onions is uh, not all it, not all it, uh, Yeah, it's not all as, as scary as maybe it, it seemed. Um, but I take him with me on this process too, you know, and I, I hope that uh, both of them are as happy as I imagine them about how things have worked out. Because their legacies really are continuing in my life and in other people's lives in really profound ways. They made quite an impact. Tobin, thank you so much for coming on the show today and uh, talking about your late parents, Norman Mayall, Christine Waddell. May they rest in peace. And uh, may that legacy continue to bloom. Appreciate you. Thanks, Jeff. that's the end of the show thank you so much for listening we appreciate it this is a labor of love and there's a few ways you can be in reciprocity and support the how humans work podcast of course following us subscribing sharing the show matters next step above that leave a review tell the world how much you enjoy this podcast finally 
Financial support is awesome. We could definitely use that. It helps us produce shows more quickly, invest more time. So you can find out ways to donate one time or be an ongoing supporter at howhumanswork.us forward slash podcast. I know your fingers know how to find websites, so go on over there, make a donation. Be much appreciated. All right. Until next time.